Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today, it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we tend to talk to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? They got a dome. I don't um, No, nothing planned. How quickly did you guys get to work on the Packers? Um, we were already in here, so you know we were doing it that day. We had mixed in a little bit earlier in the week, you know, hitting up a couple teams, but um, started really focusing on them halfway through the second quarter. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. That was some all-time coaching sound by Todd Bowles being asked about the weather conditions in Detroit. <laughs> Todd is such a nice man. He's a Whatever gentleman. He, he is such a nice person that, like, at least it was asked to him and not somebody that would have made it significantly Nick worse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because they've, they've been um, – and then the second one was Kyle Shanahan. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Right. But um, the first one – so I have not seen yet who the woman was that asked that yeah. question – I think some people have said that basically they think this is more of a – it's obviously it's a brutal question, but that it's, it's more a reflection on the realities of local television, right. that it's not somebody that covers the team regularly, that they sent out some, you know, some features reporter for a local station saying, oh, hey, now the Buccaneers are off to Tampa Bay, so go, off to Detroit, so go cover them. And yeah. whatever who it was just didn't do a ton of research. But I have a question for you. Mm. I have a question for both of you. You guys are both astute studio. You guys are both astute media minds. Sure. You guys have both been in front of the camera on a microphone for many years of your career. So I just want your guys' honest judgment. What is a worse question to ask in a public forum? Is it worse to ask at a press conference, Todd Bowles, hey, uh, what are you doing to prepare for the weather in a game in which they're playing at Detroit who have played indoors the entire Almost 50, 50 years? Almost 50 years. <laughs> looks like a franchise. <laughs> What's worse, that on an actual broadcast being surprised that Jalen Warren is good oh, no, no. and, um, no. you know, having like a, you know, uh, is a significant part of the Steelers' offense <laughs> in a game that you're calling. I'm just curious which is worse. What's more embarrassing? Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, the Jalen Warren one was a tough moment. Yeah, <laughs> it was very surprising. It was just like, yeah. especially doing this show. I mean, how many weeks of our lives have we talked about Jalen Warren? How many? Like, honestly, any of them. And I know that I'm going to get myself into trouble, but whatever. I'm just like, here's the thing. I understand that that particular announcing team had never hadn't done a Steelers game the entire sure. year, right? So they hadn't quote unquote seen Jalen Warren. But if your entire job is, hey, you're calling this game. It's not like, like Tarico for us, for example. Like I'll just say, you know, like Mike Tarico, who, by the way, I've listened to broadcasts for 20 years. I have never once in my life ever heard Mike Tarico say, I didn't know blank. Yes. He's always massively prepared. Yeah, he's quite good. He, he's, <laughs> yes. Tarico is so good, it's scary. But my point is, is that, like, Tarico does, like, he does basketball for us. He does the Olympics. He does the golf. He does, you know, he does the Kentucky Derby. Like, Tarico does everything for us, including Sunday Night Football and, of course, our playoff games. But, like, that particular announcing team, I believe, that was their only assignment the entire week. Wouldn't you throw on a tape of the team you're going to – wouldn't some – surely they have at least one producer saying, like, hey, here's – by the way, here's some of the key guys that we it's expect. involved. To, we expect to – anyway – Anyway, I feel bad for the uh, for whoever asked that question of Todd Bowles. Back to Kyle Shanahan. Yes, this was maybe even better. <laughs> in the middle of the second quarter, 
It's amazing. And Dan Quinn. By the way, didn't end right, great. Right? Didn't end great with Dan Quinn, perhaps? I don't know. Uh, it didn't seem like there's any love lost there. But uh, no, it was good. It's a good yeah, little jab yeah. from Shannon. He's very happy point. with it as well. That's the best part. Just a little grin. At the yeah. End. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he knew what he was doing, yeah. which made it. Because he's not a guy that shows a ton of personality no. at pressers. He's very. No. You know, this the all quarter. the time. We started preparing Then for he the emphasized it again. They, listen, they scored before the half, but third quarter. I, I actually mean, don't like, know what, how the relationship ended with, like, with, in Atlanta with Quinn and Shanahan. Was he taking a shot there deliberately? At it's a good question, considering. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it could be, but also remember, Bowl. like, LaFleur was his boy. Sure. I mean, like, you know, like, Packers head coach Matt LaFleur obviously was on Kyle Shanahan's staff for a number of years. So you would assume right. that there's still a close relationship between the two of them. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean. It was good. Um, it was, uh, and by the way, it's, it's true. The fact is, is, yes, the Cowboys scored just before the second half, but they shouldn't have. Like, it should have been an interception. Should have yeah. been Packers ball going the other way. Like, it could have been as bad as that game was for Dallas. It was. Um, it could have been worse. Yeah. Well, it was twenty-seven nothing. The thing is, is that the pick six because it looked like they were going to score on that drive, and that was going to be twenty to seven, and they get the ball coming out of half, and this is actually a real game. And then Dak, uh, yeah, gives the game gives the game away. But uh, so I wanted to mention as well, Todd Bowles, one of the great poker faces of all time. As the question was being asked, just very very little emotion. He never shows emotion. Never. You <laughs> co- you cut to the sideline, and you couldn't tell. From his expression, are they up 30? Yeah. Are they down 30? Is it two minutes left in the fourth quarter? Did they yeah. just kick off? Is it the like, preseason? Is it the right. Super Bowl? Right. Is he awake? Like, strange. no one knows. Yeah. One no of the strange coaching personas that we've had. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. funny, too. Obviously, I doing a lot of Jet stuff, I've worked with a lot of players that played for Todd, and he is one of the most loved coaches yeah. around the league that I use. Univers- lovely. Every single player you ask, how is it playing for Todd Bowles? Like, I love Todd. Like, absolutely love Todd. So it's just so funny, again, it's that mild-mannered is that universally appreciated. We will, we will see sort of how it all plays out. I mean, I think he's done a pretty good job as a head coach, um, you know, given the, the talent that Tampa Bay has. I think the jury is still out overall on Todd Bowles as a head coach just yep. overall. But I will say, like, I think his track record as a defensive coordinator oh, is, phenomenal. like, is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, he's terrific. Like, he's always, his defenses always play tough. And he put the Eagles in an absolute blender, um, being able to. Because the thing is, the Tampa Bay, like, they haven't had a great pass rush since they won the Super Bowl. Like, last year was a problem after Shaq Barrett went down. Yeah. And they were still able to put Hurts under more pressure than he'd been in, basically, all season. With And they've got one of the best offensive lines in football. And that's going to be, honestly, I mean, like, we're not even there yet. But, like, just since we're talking about bowls, it'd be interesting because, like, he is one of the coaches in the NFL that brings pressure more, like, loves to blitz. Like, he is somebody that, like, brings pressure a ton. And so that's the way you beat Jared Goff. Jared Goff in a clean pocket is as good as any quarterback in the NFL. Jared Goff under pressure, not so much. And so, you know, what's worked this year for them is when they're indoors and especially, you know, that offensive line has played really well and Goff has had a pretty clean pocket throughout the year and he's had a great year for... But if Bowles and the Bucks can get to Goff, if they can bring pressure, this is suddenly a different ballgame. Of course, we're going to preview all of the games today. But before we get there... Uh, and we will end the show with our pickup lines, which has been maybe our best betting segment of the entire season. So stick around for those yeah. for betting perspective for daily fantasy. But let's jump into the Roto World player news because some big news off of the top here. For all your player news, go to NBCSports.com. Mike McCarthy will return to the Cowboys. Yeah, clap it up, uh, I guess. Cowboys fans, drink free today. 
absolutely. They Cowboys might need fans, it. Fans, uh, they might need it. Drink free today. I'm clapping because I'm a Commanders fan, and I'm <laughs> thrilled with this. I'm I'm thrilled with this news. I'm talking to my fans that are friends that are Eagles fans. Jay, you've been a lifelong Giants fan for a day now. Yes, since uh, Tuesday. Yes. Yeah, so I'm very happy that he's staying Phenomenal. in the division too. It's it's something. I mean, like I, I am shocked by this. I'm I'm are you guys. I'm not that sure. Like, I get that there was a complete disaster, like a hundredth percentile disaster against Green Bay. But at the same time, like, I don't understand why that loss is necessarily on McCarthy. Like, it was Dan Quinn's defense that got destroyed, and Dak was just seeing ghosts like Sam Darnold on Monday Night Football and just had no prayer in that game. So I'm not sure how that is exact, exactly on McCarthy. I think the years prior were more on him in the playoffs. Yeah, I just, I, I think the argument is just big games in general, right? Sure. And, like, this is not a one-time thing. Like, just as... This is somebody, um, how long has, Penn State Blake, get in my ear and tell me, how long has Mike McCarthy been a head coach in the NFL? Like, it's, I, I'm going to say it's 12 years. I was going to say, ask me a little th- over a decade. Tw- right? Yeah. He won the Super Bowl in 2010, right? Right. Coaches, yeah. So, so 12, tw- you know, 12 years, maybe close to fi- 17? He's been a head coach for 17 years? 12 years doesn't even get you to 2010, Matthew. 13 with so Green Bay, 4 with Dallas. All right. <laughs> And I, listen, winning a Super Bowl is hard. Sure. I, I make no I mistake. But, but all I'm going to—you have not done it. That's correct. Um, I mean, you, you couldn't even get past uh, the semifinals in our fantasy league. <laughs> but winning that but, right. Super Bowl. But Mike McCarthy had a peak Aaron Rodgers. Like this right. is a quarterback league. This is a quarterback league. You talk to any head coach in the NFL and you say, "What do you need?" And you're like, "I need a quarterback. Give me someone that can throw." The rest of it I'll figure out, but give me a quarterback. Like, this is a league where you need a quarterback, and I think in, in, in all the professional sports, forget football, in all professional sports, there's probably no position you need more as, a head, as the head coach than a quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, you can win without a point guard. You can win without a center, right? I mean, you can win without a center fielder or a leadoff guy, like, you know, like, or a good goalie in hockey, like, but yeah. you need a quarterback. Like, it is very rare to win without a legitimate quarterback. I remember talking to Herm Edwards, you know, uh, the great Herm Edwards, my friend and my former colleague at, at ESPN, and we were talking about this exact subject. And Herm, I'll never forget, said, you need a quarterback. You need a quarterback. You know why? I had, I had Tyler Thigpen. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I won with Tyler Thigpen. Yeah. Give me a real quarterback. See what I can do. He like, you know, and I'm like, that's true, Herm. I get it. Sorry, Tyler. You know, and Herm, one of the great characters in NFL history and just an awesome human being. Um, but I'm just going to say, Mike McCarthy had Aaron Rodgers, mm. had peak Aaron Rodgers. And I get maybe perhaps a challenging personality, but still, he had one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, peak for a long time. Mm. And now he's got an elite, he goes from Aaron Rodgers to Dak Prescott, who is, you know, I would argue a top eight quarterback in the NFL, skill-wise. Some sure. people might have him higher. He's going to finish like, second in MVP. Right, I mean, like... He, Dak Prescott is a well above average NFL quarterback for all the, you know, jokes we want to make about the whatever. Like he has had two great quarterbacks in 17 years of head coaching. He's got one Super Bowl and he's got, you know, I would bet off the top of my head with no information, he is under 500 in the playoffs. It feels like all Blake's the time. Blake's going to look that up for me. Penn State Blake's going to look that up for me. Postseason underachievement is what it feels like. That's Massive. the story of him. As Massive. we show you the Cowboys end of year positional rankings based on points per game. Obviously, this offense had he's, some powerhouse players. He's 11 and 11 in the postseason. Uh, alternate producer Adam getting in my ear. Um, he's 11 and 11 in the postseason. He's had two of the greatest quarterbacks of the last, you know, 30 years. Yep. 
Aaron Rodgers is a generational quarterback. Yeah. There have been some tough losses as well. I think back to 2011 when they were, they went, that was the year they went 15 and 1 and they lose 37 to 20 to Eli Manning. Hakeem Nix caught a Hail Mary in the end zone, I think, at halftime. No, they had the it, Seattle game. The Seattle game with the onside course. kick. I mean, like, you know, you yeah. recover the onside kick, you win that game. I get it. On the other hand, you think about, like, even like this year, the Detroit game. They should have lost that game. Like, they, they win that game on a, you know, on a BS, you know, two point. Like, they seem to constantly underperform in big games. They don't seem prepared under big games. And so, I mean, that's the, that's the whole point. Like, I get it, you know, 12 wins is 12 wins. But I just, my argument is, is that I think over the last two decades, no one has done less with more talent than Mike McCarthy. That he has had insanely talented teams over the last two, whether it was his Packers teams or the, um, or, or the Cowboys teams. Like, he just, that's, that's my argument. Yeah. You really don't like I'm, him, do you? I don't. Yeah. I don't. I'm yeah. not a fan. <laughs> I Three Aaron Jones. I, like, I, I, can, I just remember, like, yeah. it drove me crazy that they would never use Aaron Jones in a full-time role. Yeah. So I love the fact that he gets almost, you know, 20 touches or whatever it was and just dominates them on the road. And so, listen, make no mistake, though, I'm thrilled. Today's a good day. <laughs> Today's as a Commanders fan. Yeah. I thought they were going to bring in, like, Belichick or Harbaugh or somebody like, like a good coach. Yeah. I think if you're making the case for McCarthy, I'm not particularly inspired to, but you would say that he's an offensive coach. Dak Prescott on talent is not a top five quarterback in the NFL. They had no run game for whatever reason. Maybe that's on McCarthy, but still, they had the number two offense in football this year, and he got the best season out of Dak that Dak has ever had by margin. Dak's never been. Dak was the MVP favorite with a month Listen, to go. I, I'm clearly not a McCarthy fan, but I will I will acknowledge that. Great year out of Dak. He got an unbelievable year out of Dak. He unlocked C.D. Lamb. Like, this was the best right. C.D. Lamb season we've had uh, in a while. Jake Ferguson, um, he gets, he, he, gets he, he absolutely should deserve credit for the development of Jake Ferguson. No question. They found something in Ferguson, replacing Schultz with him. People were like, you're going to let Dalton Schultz go, and then they get something out of Ferguson. So he absolutely gets credit for that. They found something with Brandon Cooks. You know, they brought in Brandon Cooks. They integrated him to the offense. They did some nice stuff there. But, you know, also... They let Ezekiel Elliott go. Tony Pollard, this is the worst year we've seen out of Tony Pollard. The run game was a disaster as well. And I, I hear you on, well, he's an offensive coach, and this was on Dan Quinn's defense. But you know what? He's the head coach. Sure. Yep. That the like, Dan Quinn reports to him. Yeah, and McCarthy's terrible with the end of game decision making. Like I don't know what he was doing at the end of the Lions game, where they're throwing to stop the clock, so the Lions got a minute forty instead of one minute. Like he does that stuff all the time. And I think as someone I mean, who think gets about the, think about the playoff loss last year to San Francisco, like you're, you're thirteen seconds left, no yep. timeouts, and Dak's doing a quarterback draw. Two years, yeah, yeah. So I mean, right? I mean, like there's yeah. there's oh, there's he's not good at that. He does not great with the fourth down decision making, all that stuff. I do think, like, as someone who gets very frustrated about that stuff, that stuff isn't nearly as important as, like, building an offensive system and having your players buy in, but it still matters around the edges, clearly, and it almost cost them the division this year. Yeah, I just, I, I don't think he's a, I'm, I don't think, he, and we can move off of this in a second. I just, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a bad coach. Like, yeah. I don't think he's, like, I don't think he's some sort of moron. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, like Kyle Shanahan. He doesn't have the upside. He just, he doesn't have the upside. That, all I'm saying is, is that I just, I think he's fine as a coach. I think he's, I think he's middle of the pack. I think he's mediocre. And I just, my point is, is that, but he's been gifted, you know, he's been gifted unbelievable talent. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, you know, when I was carping for Scott Turner, you know, my commanders, I'm just like, Scott Turner had like Alex Smith and Taylor Heineke, like, yeah. Like, I'm not saying Scott Turner was an offensive coordinator, but, like, I don't know. I just, 
there's a lot of coaches that if you you know if you gave that coach peak Aaron Rodgers and then Dak Prescott would probably be better than 500 in the playoffs for their career. Yeah, that's, that's all I'm saying. That's why I'm just, I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why like Kyle Shanahan is a made man in the league because of the success that he had. One with Jimmy Garoppolo, who's not a superstar quarterback, and then also if he was able to like conjure up uh, vaguely decent offenses with Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard and these guys, and McCarthy's never had to do that. Well, and, and, and Brock Purdy. I mean, yeah, like Mr. Right. He, he turned Mr. Irrelevant, a guy that Connor Rogers said was overdrafted. Right. No, <laughs> I said drafted perfectly. Right. I think I had him in the same exact spot on my big board that year. Mr. Irrelevant, but I mean, like Which everyone left him for crazy. dead. Exactly. And, like, and you know, he's he's got this guy as the number one seed yep. in the NFL. Like you you think about um, you, you think about you know players players like that that like right Kyle Shannon got the best year out of Matt Ryan. Think about Andy Reid. Think about Andy Reid for a sec. Like everyone wants to talk about Mahomes. But before Mahomes, think about what Andy Reid did with, like, Kevin Cobb. Yep. You know what I mean? And Coy Detmer like and a Alex MVP Smith. Candidate. Alex Smith in San Francisco versus Alex Smith in Kansas yep. City is a completely different thing. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, there are guys like that that, like, Andy Reid get the most out of. Make, get the most out of. And I don't, think, I don't think you can argue that with McCarthy. It's a more coaching news, some breaking news. Oh. Mike Tomlin will officially be back with the Steelers. Okay. We heard all of the rumblings that he had a year left on his contract. So this from uh, Rap Sheet, of course, Ian Rapport of the NFL Network, that Tomlin will be back with the team. So uh, not really surprising oh. here, guys. By the way, Kenny Pickett, so, Kenny Pickett back as QB1. Yeah, I mean, what, what do we believe Tom- that right now? With competition. With competition. That could mean they could – Move up in the first round. That could mean they, they sign Kirk somebody. Cousins. They, they, they could. They could. Yeah, years. I'm not buying that they're just yeah. betting the Mason house Rudolph, on Kenny Pickett. Three and one as a starter. Right. I would say Kenny Pickett. If I was pricing the market, he'd be a dog to start week one. I completely Steelers, agree. I think. Yeah. Completely I put agree. Like plus two fifty. Yeah, but let's see what Mike McCarthy does with Kenny Pickett. Like those odds. <laughs> That's my point. One hundred percent. I'm just. I'm just. I, I. Tomlin had Roethlisberger for a lot of years, but again, like with Kenny Pickett and like. Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, Duck like Hodges, you're right. Great I mean, like back. no, but Bobby Brister, like whatever. Yeah. Tomlin's always like whatever. Pick your obscure co- Pittsburgh yeah. quarterback. Antonio yeah. Brown, vaguely normal human being there for so many years. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm just, <laughs> or we just didn't know. Yeah, yeah. No. I, I think the point that you're also alluding to is this is a really good head coaching cycle, and yes. we don't say that every year. It has no. the mix of. Up-and-coming offensive coordinators that we think are going to be promising. It has the mix of veterans that are just out on the market when they normally wouldn't be. We'll get to Bill Belichick in just a second. Even Pete Carroll, if somebody really wanted him, I think Pete would be interested in coaching. And the mix of a college Vrabel. guy that's had to- – Vrabel, of course. Vrabel would be probably He's the two top. years removed from Coach of the Year. Exactly. Staley. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Probably will go back to being a defensive <laughs> Brandon, assistant. Brandon Staley to the Cowboys. Who's that? <laughs> no. Defe- uh, Dan Quinn uh, leaves. They're going to need a D.C. <laughs> even with McCarthy staying. Come on. This is going to get fun. Oh, make that happen for me, gods. <laughs> Am I being greedy as a Commanders fan? McCarthy Staley to the ticket. Oh, that'd be amazing. I mean, anyway, so back Cowboys to, fans, I feel for you, drink free today. Yeah, and back to the coaching cycle, guys. They could have interviewed. Uh, you look at the Falcons. The Falcons interviewed Jim Harbaugh on Tuesday. We know he's interviewed with the Chargers as well. But more importantly... The Falcons also, we'll get to Bill Belichick here before we look at Harbaugh's odds. Belichick will have a second interview with the Falcons. So this one is generating significant steam. Arthur Blank at 81 years old. Obviously, there's some urgency for this franchise uh, to get back to winning. Arthur Smith tenure did not go very well. They want a proven coach. Let's look at Belichick's odds. Okay. You, what are you giggling about? I'm just laughing at the idea of this. Okay, we'll, we'll do the <laughs> yeah, odds. That would be a good idea. <laughs> okay, here you go. 
Falcons <laughs> minus 300, the heavy favorite for Bill Belichick's landing spot. The runner-up is any other t- field, any other NFL team, plus 500. I guess it's factoring in that he can go coach Navy or like Hopkins lacrosse or something. Totally insane. Uh, that's why it's any other NFL team. Very specific here from our friends at DraftKings. Because not a head coach in the NFL is third there at plus 600. And then you see the super long shots between the Commanders, Chargers, Titans, and Panthers. Things obviously picking up there for Atlanta and Belichick, which if they could figure it out at quarterback, guys, this seems like that has to be the conversation is what are they doing? What are they doing at quarterback? I assume Bill has some assurances about what they're going to do there because he's not going for Desmond Ritter and Tyler Honey. No, he most certainly is not. Um, I was just laughing at the second interview from Bill Belichick. I'm like, you know, Bill, you seem like a great up-and-comer. I just, I want to learn more about you. Like, right. I mean, what do you yeah. talk about, yeah, Bill Belichick? Like, what do you talk about? Yeah. Like, just, I just, you know, I just have a few more questions. Like, I mean, like, what are you talking about in the right. second interview? He's Bill F. and Belichick. Uh, right. Like, yes. you know, probably the most written about coach in NFL history. Yes. You know, like, he what more is them? I what, bet. I really bet it's an interview maybe, for him. Maybe them. that's what it is. Yeah, it has to be. Maybe, because it, it makes no sense, like, like, he's Bill Bell. You're either in or you're out. Like, yeah. it is what it is. You'd know everything you need to know. <laughs> just like, whatever. Like, it's two questions. Are you comfortable with our GM, Terry Fontenot, having roster control? Right. And then two, would you work here? <laughs> right. That's right. the interview. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. Hey, would you, will you commit to uh, rotating running backs like Bijan Robinson and, and uh, Tyler Algier? Will you commit? By the way, that would be the other thing that might be. I know. I love Belichick. Ben I mean, John Belichick is, is truly the GOAT. Um, is truly the, you know, he's the anti-McCarthy. But what I would say is, is that he does like multiple running backs. <laughs> and we could, you know, we could be in a... It's not a great fantasy outcome. No, it's not for Bijan. You want Bijan. Ben Johnson to Atlanta or something. Right. I think he's probably going to go to the commanders. Who do you think the Falcons quarterback is week one? I'm going to say Justin Fields. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say that they don't have to trade a first-rounder so they could keep their top-ten pick and yeah. get a starter in Justin Fields. Yeah, day two I, I, I think I told you this. I was on a podcast like two weeks ago where I was guesting on it, and, and one of the other people said, um, uh, I'll give credit, it was, actually, it was actually Marcus Grant from NFL Network, my friend Marcus. And Marcus was like, you know, we were doing predictions for like they, the host asked us like, hey, a year from today, what, you know, what, or one year from today, what's the headlines? And Marcus was like, my prediction is Bel Belichick leads Justin Fields and the, and the Atlanta Falcons to the NFC South title. <laughs> I was like, That's all crazy. right. All right, so sentence. anyway, that, shout out to my friend Marcus Grant. Like her cousins. Love Marcus. They have options. Yes. They have non-draft options. Because that not- is an alluring situation, I think, for because Because they have skilled players. Like, if you're a quarterback, you're going to go to they, – they have a decent defense. Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, Drake London. There, there's, like, there's talent on the offense. No questions on the line. All five of their starters are locked in. Yeah, yeah I mean, so – the number 12 defense this year as well. Like right. It's a, good, right. That's it's a really saying. good roster outside right. of the quarterback. Oh, and by yeah. the way, it's the NFC South. Yes. Like, you which, know. Which Todd Balls just won in his sleep. Literally. <laughs> literally. He doesn't literally. even know he won. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, yeah. it just. Someone text Todd. Tell him he won the <laughs> NFC South. Yeah. After Tell asking him about preparing for the cold. <laughs> All right, let's get into the games. Let's go into the divisional round preview. We'll start with the AFC one that Wait. we're all really excited oh, yeah. By for. Way, Harbaugh interviewed with the Falcons on Tuesday too. Yeah, we said that at the time. Did we? Okay. Uh, the Texans at the Ravens here, <laughs> and, and and their offense coordinator got fired, Pete Carmichael, for the Saints. Saints, yeah, yes. not yeah. theirs. Yeah, he's there a long time. I'm all over the place. But he, he was the the Mike, have, he's the, been the Mike McCarthy of the Saints. Yes, exactly. And the Saints have moved on from Pete Carmichael, so there'll be somebody else calling the plays in New Orleans next year. All right. So for the Texans at Ravens, this spread has remained the same since it opened. The Ravens are nine and a half point favorites. 
The total opened at 46, and it's now down to 43 and a half. Keep in mind as we go towards this weekend for the games that are not played in domes, we will be watching the weather very, very closely. Yeah, uh, but Matt, it's moved down because there's bad weather. It's, right, uh, there's now bad weather it's expected. Yeah. A lot of yeah. wind. That's right. After our Tuesday show, I took the over <laughs> at 44 and a half. Don't you love that? Yeah, it's great. What do you Good like job. in this game, Matthew, with the offense? Both offenses, at least from a maybe daily fantasy perspective and the actual sure. game. Perspective. But I'll tell you, by the way, just whether I still like the Texans plus nine and a half. Sure. I would just say yeah, dogs, it. especially in the divisional round, traditionally dogs have covered, I think. And so um, I could see the Ravens starting slow a little bit. Again, it's been a little while since they played real football. So um, I like the Texans to cover the nine and a half here as well. But from a perspective of daily fantasy, I'll say Nico Collins is averaging uh, over 21 points over his last four games. 31% target share in back-to-back games. Again, it's almost 10-point underdogs. They should be throwing seven, at least seven receptions. They need receiving yards in three straight games for Nico Collins. Again, Noah Brown's not going to be in this game as well. So he should just get a massive target share in a game where they should be throwing. Kind of like uh, uh, Nico Collins there. Yeah, a little torn on this game, uh, Connor, because on one hand, I don't think the Ravens are the absolute juggernaut that everyone has accepted them as because, I mean, they were six-and-a-half-point dogs against San Francisco, like two real games ago for them, and Brock Purdy imploded, and then the Dolphins just didn't show up the next week. And obviously, the Ravens have to get a ton of credit for those two wins, but this is a team that also, like, Deshaun Watson went 14 for 14 in the second half with a fractured shoulder and a high ankle sprain at the same time on the road. They really struggled in that Chargers game on Sunday Night Football, the Ravens. Like, I'm not sure that they are the all world team that everyone's making them out to be at the same time Stroud hasn't really had to do it against the lead defenses that much and I know he just beat Cleveland but that Cleveland defense wasn't the same team that it was earlier in the season and I think back to that Jets game where Stroud just couldn't do anything so do you think the Ravens defense is going to shut Stroud down no I don't think anybody could do that right now with Stroud quite honestly it's and you know since he's come back from that concussion he's just kind of elevated his performances so no I that's why we like the nine and a half points so much in this game even if there is bad weather if if it's bad weather it'll still be a close game but if there's not uh, I think that the Texans with their pass script that we've seen when they need it the most will be absolutely fine it's like the Ravens are loaded with corners too they have a great safety in Kyle Hamilton Marlon Humphrey's a really good corner in this league but there's other places you could target against their secondary they do have the defense does have 31 takeaways this season that's tied for most of the NFL they also have 60 sacks this season that's most of the NFL so the Ravens defense who's 3500 on DraftKings if you're playing daily fantasy this weekend I think they're sort of interesting as well Zay Flowers very quietly at least 19 fantasy points in four of the past five he scored in four of the past five as well not really scared about the secondary of the Ravens so I think Zay Flowers is kind of interesting Last thing for me on C.J. Stroud, though, I just want to say, this is going to sound weird, but go with me here for a second. Last spring at the NFLPA rookie premiere, I got to interview a ton of people. I interviewed C.J. Stroud as well. I interviewed Tank Dell. But one of the other people that I interviewed was Jackson Smith and Jigba, who was obviously a wide receiver at Ohio State with C.J. Stroud. And I remember talking to him, and I said something to the effect of like, hey, you know, like, Hey, you know, how much pressure do you feel you're coming in? There's been so much success for rookie wide receivers over the last couple of years. You know, think about Jefferson, Jamar Chase, their rookie years, and especially Ohio State wide receivers, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, right? Hey, JSN, like you're, you know, you're one of the high draft picks. You know, you're coming into a situation. You're going to be on a team with Lockett and Metcalf. You know, how much pressure do you feel as an Ohio State wide receiver, highly drafted, coming into an offense that has high expectations for you? And he had the best answer I've ever heard. He goes, well, at Ohio State, we have a saying, pressure is a privilege. Pressure is a privilege. And he just went on to talk about the meaning of that and how just the idea that, you know, like, that you shouldn't be scared from pressure, that, like, 
pressure only comes when you're when there are high expectations, when there's something real on the line, and that they that they operate under that mentality that pressure is a privilege. And I've never forgotten that. And so I have to assume that if that's JSN's mentality from his days at Ohio State, it's also C.J. Stroud's. And every time we've seen C.J. Stroud challenged, whether it was you know the it he's it's it beat the Colts or go home, beats the Colts. Hey, you're up against the the number one defense in the NFL, you know, and Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns, win or go home, and he dominates. And I don't know, I just this is I don't have a stat for you other than the fact that I just. And I, I don't think I'm saying anything crazy or controversial here, but that kid is special. Yeah, that kid is effing special. Yep. And I just I, I just keep going back to that pressure as a privilege. I ain't worried about C.J. Stroud on the road to Baltimore. Yeah, there's a 0% chance he'll be overawed by the occasion. I mean, I think still probably the biggest game of his career, including this one upcoming, was playing Georgia in the semifinal. Right. Like, if he got get the played the way he did in that game uh, with his receivers going down left and right. I think that he'll be fine. It's just, uh, obviously, he doesn't have to go up against Kyle Hamilton and Co. in that game. No, which is fair, by the way. And I'm, I'm being told that pressures of privilege originated with from Billie Jean King, but it's something, obviously, that Ohio State has adopted. And, I don't know, I'm in on C.J. Stroud. You so, know? And, yeah. uh, I, by the way, I like the over one-and-a-half touchdown passes for yep. C.J. Stroud yeah, in this game. Right. Again, there are nine-and-a-half-point underdogs here. I mean, you know, Lamar Jackson, 7,900, if you want to go there, I think he'll have a good game as well. But. Yep. Good to see as well, friend of the show, Mark Andrews, full practice yesterday. That's a big one. Looks like. Let's go. Hopefully, Let's welcome go back, Andrews. Mark Andrews. Our other AFC matchup, the Chiefs traveling to Buffalo to take on the Bills. This spread opened at the Bills being two-point favorites. They're now favored by two-and-a-half. The total opened at 46-and-a-half. That's gone down to 45. Of course, this game will be outdoors in a very cold Buffalo. Not that that's affected these two quarterbacks so much, guys. Matthew... Uh, we've seen a Rasheed Rice takeoff towards the end of the season and last week in the playoffs in this Chiefs offense. For sure. You know, he's had at least 125 receiving yards now in back-to-back games. They're starting to target him as well. And, and like, for the beginning of the year, it was like, hey, we're going to get MVS involved and Justin Watson and... Uh, Kadarius Tony, Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore and all these different guys, right? And, and, and McKinnon out of the backfield. And, you know, they just... They had a bunch of different guys, and now they've finally, like, and that's always been a hallmark of an Andy Reid offense, you know, and now they're back to, you know, sort of like, as they try to kind of find, like, we're not going to be, you know, Tyreek and Kelsey, Kelsey and Tyreek, we're going to spread the ball around. And then they realize that when they spread the ball around, no one could actually catch it. So then they're like, okay, you know what, screw it. We're back to, like, just a few guys. And so it's it's Pacheco, it's Kelsey, and it's Rasheed Rice as well. Kelsey saw 10 targets against Miami this last week. When he sees 10 targets this year, he's averaging over 21 points per game. You see it right there. He's $6,000 if you want to pay up at tight end on DraftKings this weekend. He's 11 receptions away from tearing, uh, tying Jerry Rice's postseason reception record. I don't think that's going to be a reason to target him, but it is kind of an interesting uh, tidbit and kind of worth noting, like, what just what a great career Travis Kelsey's had. Yep, indeed. Uh, I like James Cook over 16 and a half receiving yards in this game. When they played the Chiefs, which was fairly recently uh, in that game, James Cook went 5 for 83 and a touchdown. So clearly had some matchup advantages in that one. So I expect they'll lean on Cook a fair bit. Three straight games, including the playoffs. He's had a double-digit target share. James Cook has as well. And so, again, you figure with Chris Jones and that line getting after Josh Allen, you can certainly see some dump-offs. 
to James Cook. He's just 6,000 on DraftKings as well. You see Pacheco there as well. Again, in a cold-weather game on the road, you expect just a massive workload for Pacheco, who now has 25 touches in back-to-back games, at least 89 rushing yards in three of the past four, including playoffs as well. Uh, I don't know what his uh, rushing attempts number is on DraftKings, but whatever it is, I like the over. Yep. What is it? It is uh, 14 and a half. Oh, my God. I'm going to bet that right now before that goes uh, up. It's minus 150. Okay, that explains it. That makes more sense. All right. Okay, so it's minus 150. I'm like, 14 and a half. Yeah. That's okay. Which basically means it's like 16 and a half. Speaking of running backs, we pour a little out for playoff Lenny, released from the practice squad, Leonard Fournette. That is, of course, from Field Yates because they like Ty Johnson, honestly. Ty Johnson is my, my, my guy. Who cashed your bet yes. last week. Yes. Good job, Ty Johnson. Yeah, Ty Johnson is a thing for the Bills, especially uh, when they're playing with the lead. Okay, let's jump into who's eating good. After the break, we'll get into the NFC divisional round, so don't go anywhere. But who's eating good with a little bit of a twist here, Matthew? Usually we talk about can these players keep this performance going this season. Instead, with Rasheed Rice, that's finished the regular season strong, looks good in the playoffs so far. How about can he carry this into next year as an actual thing in fantasy? Obviously in a great offense. thousand percent. So, uh, you know, he finishes the year's wide receiver 28. I have my way, way, way too early top 24, top 50 for 2024. It's available on rotorworld.com, NBCSports.com for free. Of course, I'm a company man. Rasheed Rice is currently number 35 overall. I'm as a top four round. I'm in the, you know, going as a uh, being picked in the first four rounds. Remember, this is a guy over the final seven weeks of the regular season was the eighth best wide receiver in fantasy football, at least a 25% target share in six of the past seven games. Rice averaging uh, in that stretch, averaging seven for 92. He's the number one wide receiver for Patrick freaking Mahomes. And we don't know yet. I think there's a chance that Travis Kelsey retires this offseason, especially if they win the Super Bowl. But either way, like, Kelsey feels like he's slowing down, and Kelsey clearly has a lot of options for him in a post-playing career, whether it's media, whether it's a spokesperson, yeah. whether it's just being a famous boyfriend. His his post-playing career is going to be really, really awesome. And so uh, Rasheed Rice, I think, will be the focal point. Whether Kelsey is back or not, feels like he's slowing down. He's playing less snaps. I, Rasheed Rice is going to be the focal point of a Patrick Mahomes-Andy Reid offense. Like, Yep. I think as well, he has a lot of scope to get better than he is right now. Like, I think there were some concerns early in the season about his route running, uh, just the sophistication in that offense. Like, he's clearly made strides within the season. You'd expect with another offseason with Mahomes that he would be able to get even better. He's gotten the trust of it. And and clearly, I mean, that's one of the reasons why he was a sleeper, as you speak about offseason with Mahomes. One of the reasons why he was a sleeper for myself and a lot of other people coming into the season was because... In the offseason, he worked out with Mahomes. The reason he's on the Chiefs is that literally Mahomes went to the front office of Kansas City and said, if you can, get me this kid Rasheed Rice because I was throwing with part of the guys that I was throwing with in the offseason. This kid came out from SMU, and like, I like him a lot. And they drafted him, honestly, about a round earlier than the rest of the league expected him to go, and it looks great for them. That's why sometimes you should lean on your quarterback for those kind of influence and uh, decisions. Also good to keep Patrick happy. Right. Yeah, (laughs) probably a decent idea. Yeah. Yeah. And it turns out Mahomes 
was right because yes. he's the only receiver job, he can trust. Yeah. So listen to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Maybe a good idea. Uh, worked out better than uh, LeBron James wanting Shabazz Napier. Uh, <laughs> yeah. which, uh, or Randall Cobb coming to the Jets. Right. Yeah. We don't yeah. even talk Brown about that. Hard. Yeah, or we can um, keep going. <laughs> hey, you just see Mahomes like back there like, eh, not him. <laughs> not him. <laughs> oh, that's a guy that can catch. All right, there we go. Uh, speaking uh, of those Packers, by the way, Jordan Love, our other player on who's eating good. I think the question is as simple as this, Matthew. Is this a top ten quarterback going into next year? I think he has to be. Yeah. I, I think he has to be. He finished the season as the fifth best quarterback in points per game. He had, you know, four rushing touchdowns, uh, almost 250 rushing yards, eight different games this year with 20 or more fantasy points. Only Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts had more. Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, the only two guys other than Jordan Love with five different games with at least three passing touchdowns, multiple passing touchdowns in nine of his last ten games, including the playoffs as well. You like the skill players around him. You think about the emergence of Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed, along with Ken Christian Watson, stay healthy. We've seen Romeo Dobbs. We've talked about this, like right. you know, and both tight ends, all the you know, Tucker Craft. And I, I still believe at some point in his NFL career, Luke Musgrave will be a thing. And, and so, you know, given that offense, like Jordan Love, it, it felt like at the beginning of the year he was putting up fantasy points, but it was kind of fluky. Yeah. Like you know, he wasn't playing well NFL wise, but it was some junk time. It was like some fluky plays. Um, long, long run after the catch. But the second half of the year, you're like, this kid is a legit NFL quarterback. Yep. And it's insane, you know, as a Commanders fan who's been in the quarterback desert for like 30 years, <laughs> except for the, like, screw you guys, Packers fans, to go from Favre to Rodgers to now Jordan Love. Like, they've got three franchise guys in a row. Yep. Indeed. I mean, statistically, he was the fifth best quarterback in football this year by EPA per play. That's in football, not just fantasy, where he's fifth as well. And you would think that, one, this is his first season. He's basically yeah. a rookie quarterback. Yeah. And then, two, it seems like there is just no chance that his context will be worse next year with the youth of the receivers, with better health. Maybe Bakhtiari comes back, offensive line better, uh, just more continuity with LaFleur. Like, he should be a monster. Like, he's going to be one of the MVP favorites coming into next year. It'll be interesting to see if any team tries to follow the model of actually drafting and letting a guy sit. Obviously, that's not going to happen for top five picks. That's just not the way the league works. But they traded up for him at the end of the first round. He sat for a couple of years. And he needed seasoning coming out of Utah State. And it was the right move. I just think back to how when he filled in for Rodgers a couple of years ago in that game against the Chiefs, where he, he was terrible. He was absolutely right. terrible. Like, he could not connect with Devontae Adams at all. It was kind of it was awkward to watch. And then to go from that to the guy against Dallas last week, he looks like a different human being. It's... Uh, it's unbelievable. And I'll just say I'll just say this. Like Rasheed Rice and Jordan Love, both early ride or die candidates. I could I could see myself going with either one of them next year. There'll be a lot of conversation yes. over the over the yes. uh, off season. But uh, both in the mix. Both in the mix. There you go. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take our first break. When we're back, more on Jordan Love coming up. And would you be stacking Packers in daily? I can go back to Bijan Robinson too. By the way, you, you, go for Tony Arthur, Arthur Smith. Tony screw, yeah, Arthur right. Smith screwed him up so bad. Bijan Robinson now By low. no longer obvious. Yeah. By low. Like we'll be back after this. Looking for a little more insight into betting the divisional round games this weekend? Jay and Drew Dinzik have you covered with Bet the Edge. New episodes are continuing to drop every weekday throughout the playoffs at 6 a.m. Eastern. That's so get your early. day started with Jay and Drew. How many people do you think wake up at 6 a.m. to listen to Bet millions, the Edge? Genuinely millions. Wow. So I've seen well, the numbers. Overseas? Yeah. 
<laughs> it's a little yeah, later there. Peaking Southeast Asia. Whether you're targeting spreads and totals, circling player props, or looking for value in futures markets, they'll have you covered. You better play your best when you and, and also you better buckle your chin strap because they're a very physical football team, and if you don't match that physicality, they'll run you right off the field. So that is a challenge for us. Like I said, I got a lot of respect for their play style, for their players, their coaches, and you have got to play your best in order to, to play one of the, lead, the elite teams in the National Football League. That was Matt LaFleur talking about the matchup, of course, against the number one seed, the San Francisco 49ers, Jay, in a game that spread opened at 10 for the Niners being favored. It's only gone down to 9.5. The total has stayed right at 50.5. A, a lot of points expected between these two offenses with two great coaches. Yep. And I think now is the time to start fading the Green Bay Packers. I uh, like the Niners here. <laughs> Just like that. I you like them to cover the 9.5? I think they will cover. I think they will blow out Green Bay. Uh, and the reason why is that I understand that Green Bay were amazing against Dallas, but as someone who lost money on Green Bay on Monday Night Football when they lost Tommy Cutlets, like this defense yeah. is not very good. And I, they played well last week, and I think a lot of that was Dak Prescott imploding himself. But we forget, like, with three games to go in the regular season, they gave up 30 points to Bryce Young and the yeah. Carolina Panthers. And the Carolina Panthers did not score the rest of the season. There were multiple games remaining in the season. <laughs> they did not score after they scored 30 points against the Packers. So I just think the Shanahan, Purdy, McCaffrey, I just think they're going to put up you know, close to 40 in this game if they want to. And I understand Green Bay's offense is rolling too, but this San Francisco defense, I think, is more, it's just more solid and more stable than that Dallas defense, which was so dependent on Parsons and Lawrence getting on. By the way, to your point, um, uh, Shanahan 4-0 against the spread as a home favorite in the playoffs. Having said that, I think the Packers cover. Okay. I, mean, I, could be, I, 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 I think it's a backdoor cover. I think, sure. it's, I think it's, it's nasty and ugly, right. but I think, I think it's a backdoor cover here. I, I think their offense is too good because sure. you can throw on San Francisco. Yeah. Love is playing at such a high level. Obviously, LaFleur, coming from San Francisco, will understand a lot of what they're going to try to do. I'm sure he's talking with Joe Barry about what some of the stuff they're going to try to do. Now, understanding what they're, what they're going to do and then being able to stop it are two different things. They're just so talented, San Francisco. I think we all agree the Niners are winning this game and probably not sweating it too much. But I'm, that's my prediction. Backdoor cover. I think they cover the 9.5. Right, here's some daily fantasy plays, of course, with some prices, Matthew, that are going to be pretty high because of the points expected in this game, but for good reason with how talented all these guys are. I mean, you know, if you're going to pay up, you might as well pay up for CMC, right? 100 scrimmage yards in all but three games this year. Packers top five in terms of most rushing yards allowed during the regular season. Uh, I think Brandon Ayuk is kind of interesting. During the regular season, of course, he had that 25% target share. Games in which he saw at least seven targets, he averaged 18 fantasy points per game as well. And if you want to go, uh, you know, if you're going a little bit cheaper at quarterback, you've got two options here with, uh, with Purdy and uh, Jordan Love. I think it's interesting that Jordan Love is cheaper than Brock Purdy in what should be a game. I think it's more just the touchdown potential, right, with Purdy, just because they're nine and a half point favorites. You expect that Purdy throws some more touchdowns. Higher than floor. Love. Probably, yeah. but yeah. just to think with, with Love as a 10-point underdog, sure, basically, like he should be yeah. throwing more. They're both, you know, Love's more mobile, actually, uh, than, uh, than Brock Purdy as well. But, um, I mean, to your point, Purdy third most passing touchdown so far this uh, year. Jordan Love does have at least 22 fantasy points in three of the last four. He's very good. In the other NFC matchup, the Bucks traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions. The Lions have opened a six-and-a-half-point favorites. They have remained six-and-a-half-point favorites. 
Same can be said for the total on this one, guys. Pretty high at 48.5, but not changing because game's indoors, so we're not in weather watch for this one. Uh, and when you look at the actual players in this one, the battle of two former number one overall picks, Matthew, now playing and succeeding with different franchises. Yeah, it's a it's a great just NFL storyline, just two former number one picks, kind of a redemption game for these two guys. By the way, this is the NBC game. I will be in Detroit on the sideline at 2 o'clock Eastern. Game starts, I believe, at 3 on NBC and Peacock, of course, I'm a company man, but looking forward to that. This should be a this should be a, a great game. You have, I mean, you know, not only do you have Mayfield versus Goff, right, two former number one picks, but you have two coaches, uh, the fiery and emotional <laughs> Dan Campbell against the fiery and emotional Todd Bowles. <laughs> Caffeine Gam- Campbell against Sleepy Time T. Todd I mean, Bowles. it's it's literally. Could you ask for two coaches that are more opposite in their on-field demeanor? If you actually they- merge the two men, you would have the perfect middle ground of a human being, right? Um, mm-hmm. In terms of intensity, so no, there's a lot of storylines in this one. Also, I think what will make this such a compelling game is that. These teams are going to score. Both of these secondaries are pretty suspect. Yep. Uh, they give up explosive plays, and that's why the total is 48 and a half. Uh, if I was looking at one guy in this game who I think is going to surprise people, I don't understand why Jameson Williams keeps having his receiving props set in the low 30s. Okay. Like, he is not the gadget player that he was earlier in the season. He's a guy. He's just a full-time guy now. He plays 70 to 80% of the snaps you can see on DraftKings, uh, going for 3600 dollars in this one uh, and I think that the Bucks, with the amount of explosive plays they give up like they are a pass funnel defense they're very good yep. against the run but I think that Jameson Williams like right now on draft his numbers been bouncing around between 33 and a half 34 and a half he's the exact type of player who can get that in one one catch he easily could as well also also saying you know Mike Evans Lions give up the third most fantasy points to wide receivers during the regular season they allowed the most receptions and yards on deep passes this season you can throw deep on them and you know Evans' line is like at 69 and a half, I think, or something like that, which is basically yep. what he did last week, but also dropped two big yep. bombs that he normally always comes down with. Mike Evans is going to have a better week this week. Yep. I, I, don't, also, I don't think he has bad weeks back-to-back. Yep. And also, like, no one on the Bucks did anything against Carolina. That's not a reflection on Evans or Godwin or anyone. That's a reflection on Baker Mayfield not being able to move. So you just you throw that game out the door, and that game might still be infecting these players' lines a bit. If you were going to pay a premium for one big NFC player, would it be Christian McCaffrey or Amon Ross St. Brown? Pricing's not that far off between them. I, I think you got to go with Christian McCaffrey. As much as I love Amon Ross St. Brown, he is my fantasy writer die. Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I there, there's, the he's as the close. calf, and the he's, calf's getting re-injured. And what? He's, he's got the calf, and he's apparently ready to go. But, yeah. I mean, he's a guy, I think he was dealing with the calf last year as well, and that is the exact, that is the one injury that you fear gets re-injured the most. Which is fair, but I just, like, there has been no player that is more kind of money in the bank yes. this year than Christian McCaffrey. Again, they've had a few weeks to, to rest McCaffrey as well. Home playoff game, I think McCaffrey... You know, it always comes down to when I ask, you know, when you do, well, like when we're on Fantasy Football pregame and, and you get asked, like, questions, this guy or that guy. They're for, like, I'm always like, who's got the better shot to score a touchdown? Yep. And the answer is always McCaffrey. Yep. As much as we love the sun god, it's, it's McCaffrey to me. Yep. I think, 
I get asked sometimes, like, what is the difference between pricing an NFL regular season game and an NFL playoff game? And it's not as simple as, like, in the NBA, LeBron just plays 45 minutes in a playoff game. In the NFL, the thing that changes the most to me is that quarterbacks like Allen and Mahomes, they just get better because, one, you put, them, you put the game more on their shoulders, they're risking their bodies more with their scrambling. And another thing that changes is that Christian McCaffrey is probably just going to play 100% of the snaps. Like, he, he, yeah. that's what he did yeah, at some, in some games this season. Like, there is no reason to have him in cotton wool. Like, this is what it's all for. So he may just not come off the field. If both favorites win, Niners and the Lions, what's the spread in that game for the NFC Championship? Uh, it would be pretty big. I think it'll be a touchdown. I think, wow. Yeah, I think Niners by, Niners by seven, that type of range. And we'll see how they look in both these games. Sure. And the scary thing of the Niners, who I think are the best team in football, the betting market rates them yeah. as the best team in football, the Super Bowl favorite. For a best team in football, like Brock Purdy is more unstable than your typical quarterback on the best team in football. And I believe in Brock Purdy. I think he's going to play well. But still, Christmas night still kind of lingers in the memory a bit, and he does have some implosion potential in him in a way that, you know, Lamar Jackson probably doesn't. Josh he, Allen and Patrick Mahomes probably don't. It's all fair. But, you know, it would also be golf on the road at San Francisco, yeah. which, you know, would be tough. And yeah. so, um, but hey, one game, anything can happen. If the Ravens win, do you think it matters whether the uh, – whether it's the, the Chiefs or the Bills in terms of a line, whoever it is is going to Baltimore. Yep. So the market right now, and I would have this the same, is saying the Bills are about a point better than the Chiefs. And the Bills, it depends a lot on whether they get guys back on defense as well. But the Ravens, they'll be favored in that game. But I think it'd be less than a field goal. I think they'll be you know, two-and-a-half-point favorites, maybe well, three-point favorites against the Chiefs. And then if it's the Bills, more like two-point favorites. We're taking our last break. When we're back, Jay and I got pickup lines, our best bets, going into the divisional round this weekend for Matthew right after this. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this playoffs. New customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code Barry when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the The crown is yours. It is time for last call. Before we get to our pickup lines, let's take a look at a fun board here from our friends at DraftKings. The highest scoring team in the divisional round. No surprise, Jay. The Niners are the favorite at plus 190. The Texans have the longest odds there, plus 2,000 for the Houston Texans. A little offensive to the great C.J. Stroud that he's 20 to 1. Uh, If you want to take a stab at this one, I'd look at the Bucs potentially, if you believe they're going to win this game. 12 to 1 in a dome, total is almost 50. They're a team that can put up a lot of points against a leaky Lions defense. I completely agree with that. By the way, there's also the Chiefs. I mean, when you think about he's still Patrick Mahomes, they're banged up on defense, and bad weather games usually depress offense but every once in a while they will increase offense because again you know it's it's hard if you're a defensive player it's hard to maneuver like guys are slippery and they're off to the races and so anyway all right, pickup lines, Jay. What do you got for Matthew this week? Yeah, okay. bring me home. Yeah, take me home. What do you? What's what? What are you, What's going to convince me to come? Uh, come on over to uh, you know your lair. All right, very good. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot going on in this one, so I'm taking a same game parlay, Matthew, Whoa. in Bucks Lions, and there's four components to it, four legs. It's Lions minus six and a half. Jared okay. Goff over two seventy eight and a half passing yards. 
Jameson Williams over 34 and a half receiving yards and Rashad White under 55 and a half rushing yards. And you know why I like this one, Matthew? Because it already happened back in week six when these two teams played. This hit, all of these legs hit. The Lions blew out the Bucs and that was in Tampa Bay. And the theory, the story behind this is that the Bucs' pass defense gets lit up by Jared Goff. The Bucs are in a throw script themselves, so Rashad White's not running the ball. And Jared Goff connects deep with Jameson Williams at least once uh, and the Lions blow them out at plus 800. Plus 800. All right, wow. We have a little similar thought process. You're doing the trick shots. On yeah, exactly. I, have, I have a single bet. It's a very simple one. Baker Mayfield over one and a half touchdowns is minus 105. I thought it would be a little bit higher than that. I thought we'd look at minus 130, minus 150 for that. Baker's done this in five of his last six games. I think this is the easiest matchup out of those six games. The Lions secondary. That. It's not good. Aaron Glenn, obviously a very respected coach, but... This secondary he has with his defense has been torn apart. I think, And I agree with Jay. They'll be in a throw script. I think Baker could throw for three touchdowns in this game. The one time he didn't do this as well as against Carolina right. when he couldn't move. Right. Exactly. And exactly. Carolina had a, a kind of a pest of a yes. secondary at the end of the year. So a couple of different things. First off, for Football Night in America on Sunday, I have to come up with the same game parlay for DraftKings. So there's a very good chance <laughs> I'm going to steal a good chunk of uh, what you're doing three there. The I don't know if I'm going to do a plus 800 one. Uh, but I may take at least one or two legs from you as well. Um, I was looking at uh, Baker Mayfield over on his passing props, which I like a lot as well in terms of his yards. So I'm going to go with Connor, just plus 800. There's a reason it's plus 800, Jay. you got to hit all four legs. So I'm going home with Connor. But, again, keep your phone on because I may come through when I'm done with Connor. It's closing time. Good luck this weekend for Jay and Connor. I'm Matthew. Peace out. <laughs>